On podcast 1845, Tesla and Tata consider factories in the UK, the Hummer EV gets torn down, and the improved Skoda ENIAC. trying a new thing so you know when to expect the show we go live at 5 p.m uk midday eastern patreon supporters get the shows as soon as they're ready and ad free be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes well good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you're listening around the world this is ev news daily your trusted source of ev information wednesday 24th of may today my name is martin lee and i've been through every ev story i can possibly find in the last 24 hours so you don't have to. I'm here to save you time, and whether this podcast is for business, for pleasure, for entertainment, for general interest, hopefully this little 20 minutes, and sometimes it does run a little bit long, saves you time in your day. So once you hear it, you're totally up to speed on what's going on. Welcome to a new Patreon producer, Alan, and I couldn't do it without all of the Patreon supporters because, well, this is how I pay the bills. And a little bit of ad revenue from the podcast as well. Of course, the Patreon team get it ad-free. Alan Machias, or... Massius, hopefully one of those is correct. Thank you, sir. Uh, by the way, a bit of advance warning. Tomorrow we'll be talking about the BMW i5, the Electric 5 Series, uh, revealed tomorrow, having undergone rigorous testing in the challenging conditions of northern Sweden. The EV version of the 5 Series is confirmed for 2023, and it'll play a major part in BMW's transition to EVs with the blanked-off grille, a new wheel design, bespoke rear end as well. BMW's sales reports that I've seen, at least, say that 15% of their total sales as a company should be full electric by the end of this year, which is pretty good. We'll look out for that story on tomorrow's podcast and one from yesterday's podcast going in the other direction. You know, I mentioned that Ford three-row SUV. Well, we've now got some more details from the main man at Ford, Jim Farley. He's been talking about how he likens it to a personal bullet train. Wow, what a phrase. It's going to be out for 2025 model year, uh, 350 miles of range, the size of a uh, expedition, uh, according to the story here in Car and Driver. And uh, he says that uh, that the uh, the CEO Jim Farley uh, describing this vehicle like a personal bullet train, but no further details have been released. Okay, let's get into a bunch of stories about where EVs and batteries could be built around the world, and this is. It's a really exciting thing to think about and talk about, well, particularly here, because this first story does talk about the UK, uh, how we are expected to win the bid to host a multi-billion pound electric car battery plant in Somerset. Now, that's in the southwest or the west country, if you like. I'm in Dorset, so not far away from Somerset, and the UK is expected to beat off Spain, according to sources familiar Uh, Quoting the BBC, Tata owns Jaguar Land Rover, expected to finalise the deal during the chairman's meeting with our own prime minister next week. The plant is probably the biggest investment in the UK since Nissan arrived in the 1980s. It'll create 9,000 jobs at the site in Bridgewater. UK government has recognised, following Brexit, which I think most people are now realising has not been handled very well by the politicians and perhaps... Investment in the UK is one of those things that has really been lacking. Like, the UK doesn't really have... I I take a general interest in politics. I'm a little bit more switched on than some, less than others. I don't really know what our industrial policy is, apart from, yay, we're great at everything. Everyone loves the UK. No, they don't. This would be an amazing story and certainly a real boost to the country if uh, Jaguar Land Rover did 
pick this country to build uh, EV batteries. We don't really have a battery industry apart from the old Envision site next to Nissan in uh, the northeast in Sunderland. And apart from that, I can't think of anything at scale, at least. There's lots of smaller, really interesting projects. We're really good at small stuff. Uh, So we'll wait and see how that story turns out. Another one that is a little bit less, I would say, reliable. Elon Musk has said they would consider building the next Gigafactory in England, uh, looking for a location to build their new battery factory this year. And we will be considered as one of the options. This may result in a fresh round of lobbying by governments around the world to secure investment. Elon Musk's remark suggests a potential race between London and Paris to secure investment. And, of course, that would bring more jobs to any country that wins that. Look, all of these big companies, any any large company that wants to, to open up a, a factory is looking at their bottom line. And all they're doing is they are just hunting for subsidy truffles. And they just, you know, a <laughs> little sniff, 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 what can we get? So... I think with the Jaguar Land Rover Tata thing, like the the number I saw was five hundred million in subsidies. The government said it's that's wrong, but it's it's in the hundreds of millions. <laughs> okay, four hundred million. It's like how much money can a government throw at a company uh, to make to sweeten the deal? So we'll wait and see. But if if the UK is willing to play that uh, play that card, I guess, and throw money at these big companies, well, you can argue about whether that is. Uh, I guess, distorting the market and things like that. But either way, everybody wants uh, those big headlines, don't they? And those those big factories. It would be an amazing thing for uh, Tesla to be building another factory here in Europe outside of outside of Germany and the two, the two sites they have there in Germany. Right, let's move on. And we're not done with building stuff in new places. BYD, China's biggest EV maker, is also considering building a vehicle plant in Europe, in addition to reports of talks with France to establish a manufacturing facility for BYD in France. Uh, They are exploring Southeast Asia as a growth market. Cars like the Atto 3 have been selling really well in places like Thailand in the first quarter of the year. They're expanding into places like Vietnam at the minute as well. Uh, And I think when the Atto 4, what's that one going to be called when it's in Europe and Australia? Is, Is it called the Seal? Is that what it is? That's the... The Tesla, the real Tesla competitor against the Model 3. That looks really impressive, the Atto 4. That's the one that's got the amazing, uh, gorgeous sculpted seats, fabulous interior with the screen that will rotate from portrait to landscape, and is like two-thirds of the price of a Model 3, even in China. And so we'll watch out for that. And I'm not done yet. The Italian company Alpetronic, they make high-powered chargers. And by the way, I think the Alpetronic stuff is about best in class. Never been let down. I think it, it always works pretty well. Uh, they're an Italian company, and Alpatronic have uh, announced that they are set to open their U.S. headquarters in Charlotte, North Carolina. The state is attracting many players in the EV industry. In recent investments from the likes of Atom Power and Chem Power, uh, they're beating out competitors in South Carolina and Arizona. The Economic Investment Committee of North Carolina approved incentives of $2.9 million for the move, and they're planning to Alpatronic invest $18.3 million and bring 300 highly paid jobs, average salary, over $90,000 average salary for that 
facility. And of course, uh, there's lots of reasons as well. Again, with subsidies, oh my goodness, uh, talk about distorting markets, but lots of reasons why companies like Alpatronic, like ChemPower, would want to open up a production facility in the United States uh, to get access to more of that funding. Uh, right, I think we're done with where stuff's being built. Let's move on. Uh, Skoda is launching a new version of the ENIAC, a special edition called the L and K edition. Got 210 kilowatts of power, uh, WLTP range of 570 kilometers, and it's a single motor, single rear motor, by the way. Uh, so 210 kilowatts of power is more than has been available so far in the VW Group cars with a single motor. So how are they doing it? I will explain. As well as new software, new design, new LED lights, new virtual cockpit, it's also going to get that brand new motor, the AP550. Now, it's made by VW Group Components as a supplier. The AP550 motor is the brand new motor coming from VW. That is, I think, the first time it'll be used and it will it's more powerful it's more efficient it'll do 0 to 60 in 6.7 seconds on the single motor variant that's 2 seconds up on the old ENIAC and that's AP550 motor that the 550 refers to uh, pound feet of torque 550 uh, that will be seen in more uh, of the VW ID cars etc going forward now in China, SAIC is working on developing their own solid-state battery cells with the first production model online, on target, to come off the assembly line in 2025. Uh, SAIC is focusing on large-scale applications of solid-state batteries for not only a safer car experience, but also much higher energy density battery cells, much faster charging, and that is being developed with their local battery partners in China. Uh, latest teardown is happening from Munro and the team, and they're tearing down the battery pack of the Hummer EV, and they don't really like it. Not efficient because of the stamped steel battery cradle, uh, the amount of welding and the packaging. 139 individual stamped components held together by 3,500 laser and spot welds uh, add up to manufacturing costs, which they say... Uh, highlights the fact that GM spends too much money making each Hummer. But you know, look, do they make any Hummers? Haven't didn't they sell two last quarter or something? So does it matter? I guess it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, and a new U.S. study by Recurrent. Now, yes, if you are being observant, uh, then Recurrent Auto are a sponsor uh, for your battery reports. RecurrentAuto.com, sponsor of this podcast. They help us get it on the air every day. Uh, thank you very much for that. Recurrent have pointed out that EV batteries last uh, the lifetime of the EV in which they are installed. This study backs up manufacturers' claims that EVs and their battery packs will last up to 20 years, if not more, uh, with wear and tear on EV batteries caused just by the distance driven, really, not really how hard they're driven or not. Uh, the study by Recurrent found that replacing an EV battery under warranty isn't a disaster if it needs to happen. That's why they warranty the batteries, and it may even be advantageous. The study ranked the remaining range of EV models after being driven almost 100,000 kilometres, with the 40-kilowatt-hour Nissan Leaf retaining the largest percentage of original range, the 100-kilowatt-hour Model S retaining the smallest percentage of original range range. Um, I had a look on our Hyundai Kona, and uh, which uh, we got at 4,000 miles, because Dad barely drove it, and, and I bought Dad's car when he was when he started treatment, and uh, so I plugged in the, the dongle uh, recently to that, and the battery state of health was still 
he had it for a couple of years and barely drove this thing. So I love driving. I was thinking about whenever I drive the car, I think about that. It's lovely. But I also did the same to our home battery. We have a Solar Edge battery that's 10 kilowatt hours and has uh, has NCM cells in it, not LFP, which is interesting. And uh, that's a year old, 94% state of health. Like, what? What? A home battery just has barely any drawer on it. 94% state of health. And a lot of that is always in the first year of any battery. It's like, come on. I don't think I need to call Solar Edge and say, what's going on here? But I wasn't very impressed with that. Right, coming up on the podcast very soon. Oh, goodness, need to take a break. Look at that. Uh, we will talk about France's infrastructure. We'll talk about electric caterums. Yes, I know. And virtual power plants. Those stories and more coming up. Stick around. Now, let's talk about how France has achieved their goal of 100,000 public charging stations for EVs, with only the Netherlands ahead of it in terms of public charging stations, and new targets been set by France of 400,000 charging points, uh, adding 4,000 charging stations every month in France. They are going hell for leather, with private investments driving that the push to establish charging infrastructure has resulted in venture capital pouring funds into the French startups. Uh, the likes of Yespark, Bump, Z-Plug and more. BMW is adding new models of the i4 and i7 to the US ranges. The i4 xDrive 40 arrives next quarter. All-wheel drive, a front axle motor added to the rear one uh, with more horsepower. BMW says the i4 xDrive 40 does 0-60 to 60 in 4.9 seconds. EPA range 307 miles and the i7 eDrive 50 will debut as a rear drive model of the i7 for the US market next quarter. Now, Caterham's CEO, Bob Lashley, said that Caterham will present their Electric 7 at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this July. I mean, Caterham, if you don't know, are two-seaters. You can see the tubular frame, uh, wheels on all four corners, open wheels, uh, which looks basically. Uh, great little two-seater sports car. Caterham's are legends. And the fact that even Caterham are going electric is just brilliant. I cannot wait to see these cars. Uh, yeah, I'll be at Goodwood this year. Hopefully, I don't, I don't know what day yet, but hopefully I, I, I should be there. No reason um, why not. Uh, they said that they will only re- release the EV to the public uh, when they can make a business case for it. They have 50 kilowatt hour batteries and they said that's enough for a Full track run for 20 minutes before they get recharged at 150 kilowatts. Next, and Tesla is expanding their massive virtual power plant in South Australia to another 3,000 homes to assist low-income households. The initiative is part of the company's plan to supply solar arrays and power walls to 50,000 homes in the region, allowing those homes to join a virtual power plant and provide grid services. It makes their electricity rates cheaper and it's something that uh, has been done in australia for a while we've got it over here with octopus they've got a tesla energy plan i'm not sure what the state of that one is um at the minute tesla have these really interesting projects around the world that i think get so little attention for the most part uh, but they're doing some funky stuff and i love it now talking of funky stuff solar car parks and solar car ports are becoming increasingly popular. As businesses generate on-site renewable energy, reduce costs, and even even make some money from exporting, Uh, the canopies are not only enabling electricity production in any open space, uh, but also provide shade and shelter for cars. Very important in sunny climates. And I say that in a country that has over 366 days of cloud every year. 
In fact, I say that it's been really sunny for the last couple of days. Is that that, that was that our summer? Have we had it? Um, it's been lovely here. Uh, the countryside charity um, CPRE and UCL Energy Institute, uh, a couple that estimate that there is an opportunity to turn British car parks into solar farms, uh, solar farms with an 11 gigawatt potential. Makes sense if you're building anything with a roof these days. Uh, if it doesn't have solar on. It is an absolute travesty, let alone car parks. If you're going to have a car park, have some shade and some canopies, and they better be solar. I've got two new houses being built out the back of me. That was um, at the back of our house. There was a bungalow with a ton of land land around it, and it got sold off last year. The what's what's happening there? And uh, pretty quickly found out that a developer had bought it, got planning permission for two detached houses on this one plot of land and uh, and are putting up two houses. They're almost done. It's been about a year and I've been watching it go up and I got to the roof and I thought, oh, some solar panels set in. No standard roof. Any solar panels going on? No. Like, come on. Come on. If you're building some new build houses, it's been really frustrating me. I'm like, when's the solar going on? I don't think it is. Oh, Right, so moving on. And Octopus Energy's Electroverse. Yes, indeed, another uh, sponsor of this podcast. And uh, Electroverse is launching an innovative product for businesses, expanding the rate of its state-of-the-art EV public charging experience through a user-friendly dashboard. Uh, A company can now access and download charging history details. They can simplify how EVs get charged in their fleet, and they can just tap their Electroverse cards. I do it all the time. Um, With access to 430,000 public charge points, now in 470 global brands, including a load of uh, all-over-Europe chargers, Electroverse is a really great way of EV public charging. And for businesses and fleets as well, that extra layer of data and analysis on top is hugely important. Well, a couple more stories to finish off the podcast today. US startup Ample has unveiled their second-generation battery swap technology. Not just Neo doing battery swapping, but Ample are doing it as well. They say they can swap a battery in five minutes, and the station can be deployed in just three days. They've refined refined their design for Uber and Sally. Extensive testing is being done. The technology supports everything from small cars to large trucks and you can do remote monitoring and control features uh, and it's, uh, it's agnostic in terms of which manufacturers it works with, which is very interesting. Helsinki Airport are next in the news and Finland's Helsinki Airport has opened a new parking hall with 350 charging stations. I love, love stories like this. It's awesome. Uh, 300 and 50 charging stations. They're located in the front and back of the premium floor. Uh, The EV charge points are assigned according to demand and they are intended only for when cars are charging. It has uh, an entire area reserved for electric cars, which is just, just brilliant. I love that. It's not just like, you know, 10 or 20, 350. Bring it on. And finally, what to watch if you've got some time to yourself over the next day. Uh, my buddy Kyle from Out of Spec has driven the new Audi Q8 e-tron, a refresh of the original e-tron, offering better specs and a different design, higher peak charging from 150 to 170 kilowatts and better acceleration. 
and a better charging curve as well. The SQ8 Sportback e-tron and the SQ8 with tri-motor systems will launch later in the year. And in his latest video, uh, he talks about the performance, how it feels to drive, and also a compromise in terms of the daily, daily driving comfort because of suspension changes. It's almost an hour long. It's one of Kyle's brilliant videos that he does. And I highly recommend you watch it if you're interested in that vehicle. It's a good one. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel. Uh, go and check it out. Make sure you subscribe. It's growing all the time. Octopus Electroverse, Global Public Charging, Really simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.